0: hello and welcome to a new episode of other record labels i'm your host scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label thank you so much for joining in today and to listen we're going back to the normal interviews with record labels what i love to do best and what we have now almost done for five years how exciting is that Be sure that you visit our website, otherrecordlabels.com, where you can celebrate the art of starting a record label, running a record label. There's articles right there on the homepage, and then there's tons of stuff that will help you, some free downloads, and of course, our courses and links to previous episodes. So go to otherrecordlabels.com, a massive, continually built-upon resource for independent record labels. Today on the show is a record label called Heart Dance Records, which is a kind of a new age um, instrumental music record label that focuses on um, music that helps people, helps people relax and um, feeds into their life. Very interesting, very interesting conversations we have. Today we tackle this question of whether it's okay or not for music fans to treat music as a utility. For a lot of music, it's... uh, an emotional, intimate connection we have with the songs and the albums we love. And we link that directly back to the artists who wrote or sang the song. But in some cases, music simply augments our mood or the environments we're in. The music kind of becomes similar to a a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or a house plant or a comfy chair. Is there a problem with that, though? And And that's, you know, is it disrespectful to the artists when we passively utilize their music? Or is that something that was intended all along by the artist? And so that is what we dive into in today's conversation with Heart Dance Records. You can learn more about them by going to heartdancerecords.com and the same address on Bandcamp, .bandcamp heartdancerecords.bandcamp.com. I've talked a lot on this channel about the importance of a record label having a niche or having a calling card of some sort, and I feel like you guys do that better than most labels I've seen. What do you think that that is for your label? What what do you think draws people to your releases?
1: Well, um, our label is more health and wellness based uh, music for relaxation, meditation. Really, it's it's a form of escape, uh, as we see it. Hmm. Um, there are other labels out there that do do this type of work, but um, I don't think there's a lot of them. Mm. And I think it's important uh, for what we do. Um, you know, with COVID, um, this style of music really took off, and people started listening to it to help to help them relieve some stress.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'll let Alina jump in here if she's got something to add to that.
2: Yeah, our statement is to put music for well-being, for relaxation and for calm out there. And we, when we look for new artists to add to our roster, we also look for people who agree with that statement and who want to create music for well-being or for relaxation or just to bring goodness into the world. And whenever we are looking for new opportunities or for new people to join us or for new partners. That is kind of like our guiding principle is, is it going to bring wellness and just goodness out into the world? Hmm. And from a lot of the feedback that we see from our listeners, from our fans, they find it really relaxing in their daily routine. They say that it helps them with stress or anxiety relief. And it's just wonderful to hear that it's actually helping people.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, a lot of us, music helps a lot of us, regardless of the genre, but it's really interesting that you guys are setting out with that explicit goal. I mean, for a lot of people who make music, it's just an afterthought, or it just happens to be a byproduct of that. But it's really cool that you are actually uh, thinking about that in the creative process. Is that true?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. and I think when we get submissions, uh, both Alina and I take a listen to them, and and it, it's about feeling mm. for me, anyways. Uh, Alina's a little bit more technical, and um, it's like when you're listening to the music, does it relax you, or is there something? Is there an element in the music that pulls you out of that relaxation state? If it does, that's probably not for
2: us. Mm.
1: And Alina can elaborate.
2: Yeah, definitely. I find that when we get submissions, a lot of time we do that test when we just listen through. And I often listen through while doing something specifically to see if something pull, if there's an element that puts me. Oh, that's cool. Pulls me out of the experience. Yeah. And there is something that makes me feel more relaxed or more attentive. If it's uplifting, um, then we tend to take it on as well. But if it's, meant to be relaxing, kind of comforting. It's supposed to put you in a comforting state, essentially. So while I'm doing something, if I'm listening to it and it puts me in a relaxed, concentrated, focused state where I'm feeling calm, then it's probably a good good choice. Yeah,
0: no, that's great. Was that something, I'm going to ask you about the history of the label later on, but I want to know, was this something that was determined at the outset Um, or is it something you kind of organically... Um, you know, found this niche through experimenting? Or did you know specifically what type of music you wanted to release?
1: Well, I might just go into how the label started here. (laughs) (laughs) Because it started with my music and people were letting me know. I, I just decided I wanted to do new age music because somebody had told me um that had heard a previous recording that I had done. It was not my own music. It was more classical music. Mm. But they had told me they would put that CD on to help them relax. And this there was a particular woman that um I'm not sure if she had Parkinson's or another disease, but her, her hands were shaking and she told me that when she listened to my music, her hands would stop shaking. She wow. could write, she could put her makeup on. So I thought that's really, really powerful. Mm. I wanted to start creating my own music. So the label started with just my music uh, and I'm a flutist. Okay. And um, as I was developing the label, um, I started doing promotions as well. Um, there were some other artists here in the Phoenix area that I felt their music was very fitting to what I was doing and I wanted to try to promote their music and it just kind of um, grew from that. So at first I would say, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with the label and what I wanted to accomplish with it. So that developed definitely over the years.
0: So when you started with your own music, and that's a common thing that we do here with a lot of labels is that the first is to release, self-release their own music. What, inspired you to to bring on other people i mean was it just that you had learned the ropes and you wanted to share your experiences or was it that you had discovered an audience who was who had this enormous appetite for this type of music
1: yeah overall i i just believe music can be used as a healing tool mm. so i wanted to expand upon that i think it's just really important and i i do always say it doesn't have to be our style of music. It can be any style of music uh, that resonates with the listener mm. that can cause, you know, relaxation and stress relief. Um, so,
0: yeah. sorry. No, no, that's okay. No, no. So I'm cu- yeah, I'm curious if, if what, what inspired you, like once your music is working, your music is finding an audience, what inspired you to bring on more artists like yourself?
1: Yeah, I just, I felt it was really important to grow the genre. Right, right. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess there's a niche for that. Um, new age music, as it's called, yeah. it's a very, very small genre yeah. when you compare it to all of the other genres out there. Uh, jazz is also a very small genre. Sure. Um, so, and <laughs> it was, um it's been really challenging along the way but it's been such um, such an experience and and an honor to work with so many other artists who mm-hmm. have the same the same vision mm-hmm.
0: there's there's so many angles I want to take this um but one of the things I wanted to ask you about we spoke to another instrumental record label last year and we talked about this a little bit and I want to address it with you guys as well I'm often curious how artists and and you know, you maybe experienced this yourself deal with the, you know, the fact that for a lot of your listeners, this music is a utility. And I am mean, in fact, you mentioned it as a tool mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's there to relax when you're getting a massage or, 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 you know, for a lot of us de- decorating the Christmas tree or um, studying for an exam. So one might assume that the music isn't necessarily being appreciated for the art or that the artists work, isn't being appreciated be, as because it's being used as a tool or a utility. Mm-hmm. Is that something that your artists have to reconcile or is it they're getting paid to do what they love? So do they care? But do you know what, do you know what I mean? Do you understand that I, question?
1: Yes. I okay. I've been asked that before. Okay. Is it, is it still art if you're creating it for a purpose? Right. I, I think it is. Hmm. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could go into my my process of how I record, but um, you know, for me, I pretty much channel the music and I I do it as an improvisation. A lot of what I do, not, not everything, but uh, so I believe there's a lot of emotion in there. Even if like somebody's hired me to record a song for them, mm-hmm. it's like I have to put myself in a very creative space. Um, I usually talk to the person to find out what's going on in their life uh, and how my music might be able to help them. And then I, I create from that. Right. Uh, so I still think it's art, even though it's created for a purpose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I think that there's, you know, the more I think about this and I was kind of thinking about it this morning, uh, preparing for this, but the more I realize how it isn't, music as a whole isn't as simplistic as we often think it is, whether it's like just putting on a record and going to listen to it or going to a show and going to listen to it. There's more, you know, there's music I listen to for nostalgic reasons. And that it makes me, it reminds me of my youth and it maybe makes me feel young for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Then there's, mm-hmm. there's music we listen to, to help us focus or, or to relax or to help us work out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then oftentimes like I enjoy music because of the instruments or the production. So it isn't as black and white really as maybe we think it is. And, uh, and I guess I would, this is a realization I came to tell me if you think this is true, but I don't, Think there is a hierarchy. There isn't any sort of uh, objective. One way is better than the other. Um, in in a way, almost all music or all art is a utility in some way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree with that. And it was funny you were saying you listen to music for nostalgia. My husband listens to '80s music. Like
0: <laughs> so <day>. do I. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: And yeah, it serves a purpose. It takes you back yeah. right? Yeah. to your memories that you have. Um, I, I prefer to listen to newer music because I get bored easily. Right. Uh, but I do appreciate listening to nostalgic music as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just heard uh, Jerry Seinfeld was talking about why he buys old cars. And he says that they're, they're like the only real time machines where you can actually <laughs> get into it and you're taken back to the fifties or the sixties or whatever you're, you're driving. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, feel that way with, with music, even if it's just the nineties or whatever it is, it takes me back to high school. It takes me back to Christmas morning, whatever it is.
1: Right. Incredible right. feeling. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let me ask you about streaming. Cause we were talking about this just a little bit at the beginning of the call. And, um, I want to know how streaming has impacted your label because it's, you know, it's impacted a lot of different labels and I'm curious the role it plays for you guys. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's something that from what I've seen you guys do really well. And I'd love to know how you strategize for it and, and how you maybe came into it and how your genre seems to be conducive for the types of listeners. Um, and you know, just off before we were recording, I was saying to Alina that, you know, when I was working in an office and I first had streaming, I used it as this way to explore all these other types of music that I normally wouldn't have spent $20 on a CD or or even gone to a show. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how streaming has impacted your business.
1: Um, I'll let Alina take this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So streaming is, because of the niche of our music, And because of partially the function of our music and the place that it finds in the lives of our listeners, as you said, it can be utilitarian and it can be art. And we find that diversifying... Oh, let me go back. Let me say that the first goal that I have in mind when I'm working with an artist is to connect their music to people who will love it, right? Mm. So to create that personal connection. So streaming is part of the vehicle to get there and for us it means diversifying the streaming strategies and targeting multiple channels and targeting Spotify and working on playlisting there targeting Pandora for certain releases and working on artist messages there working on featuring tracks there including shows that are going on there and pushing more putting more effort towards those channels hmm. It kind of depends from release to release how it fits within a particular channel or for a particular purpose. But we tend to listen through the release, see if it may have a certain leaning to success on a playlist, maybe on Spotify, whether it's peaceful Piano for filled piano recordings, or if it's an ambient track, it may do better on Pandora. And we kind of tailor our approach to those platforms. And we work with our artists to make sure that they are getting as much visibility as their release can to facilitate that ultimate connection with the fan, which is what we're striving for.
0: Hmm. There's something beautiful about, I've noticed this just as a um, a fan of music and observing how people are operating in the business. And we know that there's a dark side to streaming. Um, but I think the the bright side of it is this democratization of, uh, that it can be for artists like yours who Previously, in a in a different industry, maybe wouldn't have appealed to to radio, traditional radio, uh, or tr- traditional touring and and club scenes. And now, uh, who are making a living? And and I think that's unbelievable to see, you know, uh, classical uh, pianists or to, or to to see ambient producers or or a, a Latin guitarist. Uh, and I've seen them who and they're getting millions of streams. And I just think that's fantastic for them who have been doing what they've doing, honing their craft for years. And then streaming has provided this um, because there are some people who use these playlists for hotel lobbies or for, um, you know, for uh, spas. um, And now these guys can make a living. I just think that's really fantastic.
1: Mm -hmm. And we have many artists on the label that are not performers, Um, that are able to, you know, make money with their music now streaming.
0: Yeah. I, and Mm -hmm. that's fantastic because we're, we're seeing a lot in the music industry now about looking at the problems of touring, how it's not environmentally friendly, how it's just not making sense financially for anyone. And, and that's even in America and and here in Canada, you have to drive six hours between cities and, 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 Mm. you know, so it's, it's very difficult, but um, so to hear that, that, that streaming and, and different parts of the internet can enable people to stay at home, be with their family, you know, save on expenses and still do their art. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a dream come true. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. This, and
1: many, um, many of them were uh, doing live streams also. When, right? Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. gain that fans that way.
0: Do you so, have, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, we're always encouraging our fans to, or our artists to reach out to fans in some way mm. and do live streams, stay connected with them. Right. Um, I think it's really important to have an email list.
0: <laughs> when I went to your website, there was that was the first thing that popped up. And I love that because I preach that too. I think that is so important and it works so well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social media is great, but I just went through a 45 day ordeal of losing my Facebook and Instagram account because I was hacked. So yeah. So you have to have multiple ways to stay in contact.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, there are things that happen all the time. You get out of favor with the algorithms and, you know, um, billionaires buy other companies and uh, email seems to be You know, it's it's concrete. It's yours. That's your list. You that's your spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I think that's so great. I went to yeah, I went to your website. I think it was on my phone when I first went to your website, just preparing for this. Well, I had gone a couple months ago, but just a couple Mm -hmm. days ago, and this pop-up to join your mailing list came. And I was like, Oh, yes, you don't see this enough. (laughs) Good for these guys. (laughs) That's great. Uh, I'm a nerd when it comes to that type of stuff. Uh, Let me ask you about, we talked about the kind of the philosophical emotional parameters of your artists. What about sonically? Um, Are there sonic parameters? We talked about relaxation. I guess that can come in the form of, of, you know, I'm just curious, are there limitations when it comes to rhythmic music, percussion and that kind of stuff?
1: Well, we, we, (laughs) many people say our label still is kind of widespread because we do have ambient and acoustic and solo piano and chill and electronic. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, those are sub-genres of the new age genre. uh, And we try to find uh, placements for each of those sub-genres with what we do. So as far as limitations, we don't want anything that sounds like on the rock side, right? But right. if you, I don't know if you listen to any of the chill stuff. There, you can hear percussion in those tracks for sure.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, and I think when there's a, you know, a, a small group of curators with you guys, uh, that it, if if it gives you that specific feeling that is intangible, then it then it works, and that's probably what your audience has come to trust you for.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Alina, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, with our contacts, with the partners that we work with, sometimes um, listening through a new release, it can be different. It can be, it can have percussive elements. It can have, we have a few releases with a drum set, and it's more of a uplifting groove yeah. feel. It just, for me, it goes back to the original statement: whether it works for well-being, is it uplifting? Does it bring? um value to the listener and if it does then it's probably something that <clears throat> would be interesting to look at um but it also has to fit within the structure that we have in place to promote the release to um push the release to the radio programmers that we have contacts with so if we get pitched a rock release or something or I should say, if we get pitched or world release or something that we don't necessarily have a structure for, even though we might love to support it, we just, we don't have the context or the structure to promote it further. And the artist might be well better as somebody somewhere else where they can actually support that type of music. If that makes sense.
0: That's really wise because a lot of labels, when they hear something and they love it, they have a hard time saying no to it. You know, I mean, a lot. All of us have a hard time saying no. Every entrepreneur has a hard time saying no. It's one of the things we have to train ourselves to do. But especially when you love an artist, you love their music. But for you to 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 know, we have these distribution channels. If you don't fit one, then you're not going to be happy with us. We're not going to be able to serve you. That's that takes a lot to be able to say that.
1: Yeah, and we have artists on the label who. Work on different style projects that will bring them to us, wanting us to release them. And then we have to say, well, can't really do anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sports. I'm sorry, but right. we love projects. <laughs> it just doesn't really fit with what we do.
0: So, can you explain to me your, the business model a little bit when it comes to y- when you get a release from one of your artists, they deliver an album? What then, what are the channels that you have in place uh, or that you look to to send this uh, to?
1: Sure. Um, I'll let Ar- Alina run with this one. Sure. Sure,
2: sir. So when we get the release, we listen to it and we started jotting down ideas of what we think this release would be most successful for and what channels do we have in our arsenal to that would really enjoy this release and that it would be a great fit for and we tend to promote um, to a number of different outlets. We promote to radio, we promote to PR companies, we promote to partners and networks that use our type of music, like the Care Channel, which is a hospitality channel mm-hmm. in hospitals that helps that uses our music to help the patients relax and calm in a, hosp- in a hospital setting. Wow. We if the release fits, we will send it out to places like SiriusXM, Music Choice, and just venues that we think would connect the release to the people that would benefit the most from it.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. What role does physical media play? Is that something that your audience is interested in?
1: Well, we have some artists who want to release CDs. Mm-hmm. We've had a few that um, have released cassettes. Oh, wow. Uh, honestly... Um, physical sales are, are very low Mm. in comparison to other revenue streams. Um, but it, you know, if they want to go ahead and have those manufactured, we're happy to set up distribution.
0: Right. Right. For them. Yeah. and, And I think that's, to me, there's labels out there who are the opposite of you. They do not have the digital channels that you have. Uh, for radio or for streaming, but they do when it comes to record stores and they have, you know, the Mm -hmm. fans. I think it's, it's important for labels not to start a label and to assume they're going to do everything. They're going to do vinyl CDs, tapes, and radio and hospitals and streaming platforms. You know, Mm -hmm. it it must take a while to kind of hone in on where your audience is and where they uh, like to enjoy music.
1: Yeah. Uh, for us, we mostly just release digitally. Mm. Uh, yeah. We've had a couple of requests for vinyl, but um, you know, very, very minimally. So it's just not worth uh, putting the money into that. You know, investing in the vinyl because I don't think we'd really sell it for our sure. genre.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Tell me then. Uh, we, had, I think that this was mentioned off air. Uh, so let me, let's talk about it again about just how prolific you guys are. Um, how how often? <laughs> it sounds like a lot to me, and I mean more than one record a year is is a, is enough for me. So tell me how many you guys are are working on at a time.
1: Uh, typically, we have two to three releases every Friday. Those can be singles, EPs, or albums. Wow. Um, yeah we've we've built a team. Uh, so we have help uh, with the playlist pitching. um we have admin help. We have social media help. and uh, that's incredible. You so couldn't do it without the team.
0: <laughs> yeah okay, let me that's incredible. I mean, man, one to two a week is is um, but I mean, I guess when you have this distribution channel and of course the team as well, um, you know like how much that channel can handle. And if 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 people are receiving this amount of releases or if they only accept one of every 10 that you pitch, I guess it mm-hmm. becomes a numbers game. You know how much they can handle without o- overwhelming your channels. Is that true?
1: Well, also, uh, like we wouldn't want to have two piano releases on oh, the same. Oh, I see. Thing, you know? Yeah. Right. So maybe an acoustic guitar and a, a, a chill release. So right. So we can push those out to our different channels without overwhelming yeah, our contacts.
0: Yeah. And this is, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You probably have a better idea of your competition, quote unquote, which is a terrible word in this industry, but there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, uh, labels like you out there.
1: Um, there is another large one, uh, do you want
0: me to name them? No, 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 no. No, I, I'm just, I guess what I'm kind of, no, no, we don't want to promote them. No, I, I, um, no, I, I mean, I'm mean, sure there is. I, I, and I imagine there are There's other companies too that kind of go down this path. But as an indie record label, um, and I'm sure there are other companies and, and majors who kind of dabble in this space as well. But I just think it's beautiful to see an indie label run by real people and real musicians who started in this genre. Um, that to me is is really unique, and I like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's very unique for me to to see a label with such a narrow focus in a good way. Is such a clear focus would be a better uh, word to use. Is is mm-hmm. to say this is what we're doing the path because any entrepreneur is so easily distracted by shiny things, and you know, oh, <laughs> this this is a pop release we could find the next Taylor Swift if we work with this artist, but for you to, to really keep those blinders on, uh, that's got to be challenging almost.
1: In the beginning, I was taking different projects mm. on. And um, yeah, some of the ones that were outside of the new age genre, they didn't do so well. So yeah, that, that helped uh, me to learn to just focus and do what I do.
0: Sure. I... I've used the term instrumental. I, I don't what is the kind of the overarching term you you you're mentioning new age um, and and i I remember that term you know from from the Enya days um, mm-hmm. it, it, when that was mainstream. W- w- this must be a struggle for you. I know a lot of the the neoclassical labels are struggling with with the term because I mean, I think if you say new age, that might scare some people. And then if you say classical, that scares people, too, because they think, oh, no, that's, you know, a certain type of music. So is that a challenge? Is is talking about labels?
1: Yes. Um, there's been discussions for years about the New Age tag. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, because people think of crystals and mysticism and <laughs> right. everything. And um, actually, the Grammys just changed the name this year. Did they? Uh, of the new age category to new age, ambient, and chant, which oh. is kind of odd because ambient and chant already fell under new age. But, okay,
0: interesting.
1: Um, yeah, but I think relaxing instrumentals probably describes it best.
0: That is, yeah, that's a great term. And, uh, you know, the the label or genres, um, and we, we had an author on, and we talked about this a couple months ago, but... It it is such a silly thing because some of them refer to the type of the the people who are making it or the culture who are making this music. Some of it refer to the geography, some of it refer to the instruments and and now Spotify's messing everything up by saying this is road trip music or this is study music or um and uh what a, it's such a terrible position for all, all of us to be in <laughs> to have to use words.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alina, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I I find myself also with the same question. And I oftentimes will tend towards using more descriptive adjectives like ambient, atmospheric, or soundscapes, like that more accurately captures the sound of the release rather than attaching it to the genre mm. when I'm pitching, especially to kind of get the feeling of the music across. But the relaxing instrumentals is the best way to describe to describe what we do and what unifies our sound I think so I go back to that and I go back to our mission statement again so that is basically the way I approach it
1: yeah and some DSPs they don't use the the term new age like when we're setting up new releases it's like well, what category do we put this under so that's that's a challenge because you can't pick new age well it's and- got to ambient or you're
0: right and and some of the dsps will just pick it themselves they listen to it or the computer listens to it and they have their own and mm -hmm. it's not till release day where you you see what they've called it and you're like oh i didn't know that was a genre
1: (laughs) yeah some of our groove and chill releases will pop up under electronic dance
0: oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. I find that that kind of stuff so interesting, the, especially the genre of world music, which is n- no longer a term we're really using because it was always this thing where Westerners were hearing instruments that they didn't recognize, and then they "world" is r- ridiculous because it's basically saying anything that's not British or American <laughs> is part of the world, you know. And so, um, but I mean, f- for me as a music fan, it you know, growing up with 80s music and growing up with rock and pop, when you hear instruments that you haven't heard before or versions of a a type of flute that you haven't heard before, that's really exciting. As a music fan, as a musician, to hear the rhythms that come out of uh, something that isn't a drum kit, um, that kind of stuff really gets me excited. And um, Mm -hmm. I love to hear that. And, And you oftentimes have to look at, world music or new jazz or new age to, to find that kind of stuff.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Let's just, let me ask you again about the history. Can you just tell me the, the beginnings of how far do we go back to when this, to when you were a independent artist and, Mm. and and recording your own music? When did you give it a name? And, and, and when did you say, okay, we're now going to bring on other artists and make this official?
1: Yeah. Um, So it started with my own music in 2009. Okay. And um, I did a collaboration with a guitarist named Darren Mahoney in 2013. We hired a promoter, the music got out there, things started to happen. And then I was like, oh, I saw what they did. I can do that too. Yeah. So then I started doing the promotion. So um, it was really 2015 when I decided, okay, I'm going to see if I can make something happen with this label. And I started taking on other artists. So it's been seven years (laughs) of really, really hard work. Um, I told myself and my husband, I said, okay, I'm going to give this five years. (laughs) to work my butt off for five years and see what happens. Yeah, And so I did, I would work 12 to 15 hours a day. Wow. And, you know, five years came uh, right about COVID time. And I was like, okay, now what do I do? Do I keep going? <laughs> do I stop? And I'm like, I need a team because I cannot continue to work at the pace that I've been working. Um, so, yeah, so I built the team. It was like the best thing I could have done
0: and explain sorry explain to me how the how covid um excited things for 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 this music
1: um artists were home they weren't perf- out performing anymore hmm. they were home and recording <laughs> and like many artists reached out to us to re- either release on the label or work with me f- with the promotions company to get their music out there there was just uh, such an inundation of sure. music being recorded during that time. Yeah. Um, so that actually helped us grow. You know, as everybody was probably very concerned when COVID hit. I was like, oh, okay. What? Well, how is this going to affect my business and yeah. my label? Yeah, of course. And uh, it, it it actually grew. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it was surprising, but I was like, oh, okay. So something something good happened for us out of you know this terrible situation
0: yeah yeah so are you hoping for another pandemic or or another recession <laughs> or something <No. laughs> no, some no, no. more anxiety in the world that's what that's what we need
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I to
2: work opposite of that
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to relax everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, but no we we are busy enough now that no we don't need another pandemic. To <laughs> uh, we do have a large catalog to help people if it does if it occur. does
0: happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um w- without giving away any spoilers, what are your plans for the future with the label? So you've made it past this five year mark. You hired people and mm-hmm. and now you're in a full swing. So what are the the hopes and the and the dreams moving forward for you guys?
1: Um, for me, um, I would like to continue to grow the label. I still think we have a lot of areas we haven't penetrated yet Mm -hmm. with our music where it can be very effective. Um, we're also trying to narrow our focus a little bit on artists that we bring on. Um, always looking for, um, I, I, I suppose when we first started working with artists, we didn't really look that deeply into who the person was. Oh,
0: okay. Sure. <laughs>
1: uh, and so some we had some yeah. things happen and, and we just released them from the label. So yeah. um we make sure the artists have good character. Yeah. Uh, they that they are also actively promoting their music mm. because I find that it it just works better if this is a team effort. Um, we provide them with a lot of support. Uh, Alina meets with each artist for each release and discusses strategy and what they can do on their end to help promote their music. Hmm. Uh, so it's really, uh, I've called this my family for a long time. So I feel like everybody I bring on as an artist becomes part of my family.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's some really good advice. I was just jotting that down because I want to, share that with our community just about the type of artists that you bring on and not just sonically, although that is important as well, but um, you know, their personality and their character and, and how they get on with the label. And do you have um, cross work with, with artists or are your artists working together or is there some way for all of your artists to kind of meet up? Do you have a family Thanksgiving dinner?
1: (laughs) Um, I wish, um, in the earlier days I did have a couple of meetups, but, um, then COVID hit of course, but we do have uh, a big event planned for October, 2023, which is called Rejaminate and it's a health and wellness, uh, retreat in Mexico just south of Cancun. Wow. Um, so it's music based. So we have uh seven or eight artists from the label that are going to be there playing throughout the day, like yoga on the beach with live music and, uh, rooftop concerts at night. Um, uh, so that will be the, the big hang for 2023. That's awesome. Uh, so it's not just our artists. It's, it's open to anybody who wants to come and attend.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And then you were talking about when you talk when you look at growth and looking at more areas to, to send your music to. Um, you know, what's the what's the plan for that? I mean, is is I mean, there's got to be. When I think of this music, I really do think of endless opportunities. Do you guys work with sync at all? Is that something that is on your radar? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we really started to focus more on that this year, and that is our big focus for 2023. Oh, great. There are some sync events that we are attending. Um, we are working with a new distributor very soon um, who we believe will, will help us with that as well. That's great. Yeah. And I think uh, we seek licensing opportunities. Also there, there are direct licensing opportunities out there to be had uh, that have worked well for us sure. financially. Yeah. So uh always looking for those opportunities as well. And, and, you know, try to get our, our artists on larger editorial playlists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Those are, those are incredible. I mean, I've seen, you mentioned the peaceful piano one. I'm, I'm a member of that playlist on, on Spotify. I love it. And, um, I wish I could play piano because I would I would do everything I can just to get on that playlist, <laughs> 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 just so I could afford to go to a retreat in Mexico if I got yeah. on that playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I love I, um not a lot of people know this about me but I lo- I love this music I love this genre um, I I use it um, not I use it as a utility that's for sure. But I, um, it does relax me and I and I do, but I also use it for inspiration. It inspires the work that I do, which doesn't fall within this category. And, and that's, I love borrowing from this genre and then borrowing from folk and, and this. So I love what you guys do. I love your label. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat and oh. congratulations on everything that you guys have done. And um, I can't wait for our audience to follow along with your story so thank you so much for doing this
1: thank you so much for having us thank you so much Scott
0: what a great conversation what a great label thank you so much for listening make sure you check them out at heartdancerecords.com and it's such an interesting conversation such an interesting genre and and interestingly um, I've just said interesting and interested many times now but interestingly we are uh we have a similar label uh, in a couple of weeks where we tackle this question again it's a very interesting thing for me especially with labels that are moving more into the ambient and instrumental world uh and we know that playlists and users are getting excited about this space and so it's something I think is fun to talk about and I hope that you found today's episode uh, enlightening and you've learned a little bit. Go to our website where you can learn even more about running a record label and get some of our resources there by going to otherrecordlabels.com.